Hey there, and welcome to an emergency episode of Locked On Raptors for Sunday, July 9th. It's episode number 174. I'm your host, Sean Woodley, RaptorsHQ.com. You can find me on Twitter at WoodleySean, and the show is on Twitter as well at Locked On Raptors, where you can find links to every single episode. Locked On Raptors, of course, is also part of the Locked On Podcast Network, which hosts team-focused shows for all 30 NBA teams, as well as Locked On Fantasy with Josh Lloyd and Locked On NBA with David Locke, and you can find those all together on the Locked On NBA iTunes channel. Of course, today, uh, lots of stuff to talk about with the Raptors, so I'm coming to you on a Sunday. Just a heads up, I'm recording on a Mac computer, my girlfriend's Mac, I'm at her house right now. I don't have my stuff with me to properly record, and if this is screwed up, I do apologize. I think it's going to be fine, it seems to be recording okay here. I'm not exactly sure how the audio is going to compare to regular episodes, but I think it's going to be passable, uh, so please bear with me if there's any issues. I might not even be able to edit if I do make mistakes or jumble my words like I normally do, a little peek behind the curtain. Um, if, if that happens i you might just hear me you know messing up my words and working through it and and it might be an awkward listen but i don't really have any other option right now i figured i had to get an episode out today i'll have my computer back tomorrow and i can do a more in-depth episode but uh, i want to talk about what happened today so overnight damari carroll was traded to the brooklyn nets for justin hamilton a second round pick and a first round pick which is lottery protected in 2018 not exactly sure what the second round pick is going to be that's interesting because the raptors of course next year have the orlando and uh or, or, or the lakers pick it's one of the two uh it'll be the lower of the two picks and then the year after that in 2019 they have their own second round pick and it'll be interesting to see exactly what pick of those it is because you know my hope is that it's the 2019 pick where the Raptors actually have their first round pick still if it's the 2018 pick which is the the Magic or the or the Lakers that's tricky because the Raptors are going to have just a full one-year gap in their sort of player development prospect pipeline that they've had going on with the last few years here which was really going to be important coming this season which we'll talk about um but that's something to keep in mind uh there's the the the, whatever the, the second round pick is, it's going to be kind of important because that second round pick next year could be pretty good. Uh, could be, you know, mid thirties at, at worst, probably. I mean, the, the Lakers and magic are both going to be pretty bad teams. Um, so that could be a pretty decent pick for the Raptors. And it could be a way for the first round pick that they lost in this trade to dump Demari Kale's salary. It could be, you know, a decent way to sort of replenish the pipeline and, and, and serve in place of a first round pick next season. Um, but we'll get to the prospects and stuff like that in just a second. First of all, like with the trade that happened, I woke up this morning to the, news um and you know originally i didn't really love it i was kind of you know giving up a first round pick to dump damari carroll who i thought was still you know a viable nba player who i think is probably going to be better next season with brooklyn than he was at any point with the raptors just because health and if he's got two years removed now from his serious knee injury he's probably going to be that much more up to speed and maybe i'll be wrong there maybe he's totally lost to the world at this point but I do believe that Damari Carroll has some good basketball left in him, and I was a little apprehensive about giving him up, also dumping a first and second round pick, um, because the prospect pipeline has been so important for the Raptors, and very soon, some of these guys on entry-level deals are going to start coming up. I mean, Norm Powell is due for a contract at the end of the year. That's going to be really expensive. It's a little less hard to imagine the Raptors paying him now, though, because of what they did today, but we'll get to that in a second. And then, you know, with the second round pick and Damari Carroll going to the door, they, they didn't have anything in the way of wings behind Powell and DeMar DeRozan. There was no more wings available to slide to the four. And on the surface, in a vacuum, I didn't like the deal. I don't think it's great asset management to attach first round picks to guys who might be useful. Uh, but at the same time, it was, it was sort of, it's kind of crazy how quickly that Damari Carroll contract became not so good. It used to be much better. Uh, you know, when, when it was signed, people laughed at the number, but at the same time, that was the summer where things kind of boomed. And then after last summer, I mean, 15 million bucks for Damari Carroll didn't look bad at all. It's pretty regular. After this season, of course, 
it just it didn't really pan out with him. He had a really rough down the stretch sort of part of the season. Was kind of unplayable in the playoffs at times. Didn't really figure into the rotation all that much outside of being like an eighth or ninth guy. Uh, PJ Tucker coming in really sort of supplanted him. And yeah, I it's it's a bummer because I, I like Damari Carroll a lot. But yeah, th- just giving up that stuff to dump Damari Carroll is it's not the best asset management in a vacuum. But the Raptors, of course, had some stuff up their sleeve. There was no way they were going to dump their third wing and only guy who could play the four among their wings and really the only guy on the team that's a really serviceable four at this point anyway because Pascal Siakam, we have no idea what he's going to be. Serge Ibaka is probably better as a center. Of course, he's probably going to play the five now because this deal probably means Jonas Valanciunas is not going anywhere. Uh, but like the, the three and four spots were definitely a question. Damari Carroll, while he might not have been the solution, was definitely someone who could soak up minutes there. Uh, but of course, course they responded there was never going to be a move where they were just going to dump Carroll and not respond and they did so pretty resoundingly by trading Corey Joseph in a sign and trade to the uh, Indiana Pacers for CJ Miles and signing Miles to a three-year reported 25 million dollar contract which would be about 8.3 million bucks a year it starts at about 7.94 million which is about a neutral salary swap aside from like a $300,000 difference between him and Corey Joseph for this year and I think it's just a really nice way to balance up the roster so on the whole Turning, you know, Damari Carroll and uh, a, a first-round pick and a second-round pick, and plus Corey Joseph into C.J. Miles, uh, and in- including also an $11.8 million trade exception that they got in exchange uh, in the Damari Carroll trade by bringing back just Justin Hamilton. That's a pretty nice bit of business for the Raptors. There's some more flexibility now that the Raptors have. C.J. Miles, I think, is going to be excellent as a Raptor. I think he's probably going to start at the, at the small forward. I could really see him fitting in nicely in that starting lineup. Uh, people I have were in my mentions today saying they hope this means Norm starts. Norm's going to play a ton. Norm is the third wing on this team. He's going to get a ton of playing time. If the Raptors decide to go with three wing units, he's going to be a big factor in those as well. Um, so I'm very okay with that move, and and I think C.J. Miles starting, like I think that would make a lot of sense to fit along DeMar DeRozan, who's sort of shooting starved, to be another guy for Kyle Lowry to find for spot-up threes. Uh, I think he's going to fit really nicely, and he can defend guys that DeMar DeRozan might not, might, might not otherwise be able to do so. Um, I think it's a really nice fit, and I think there's some nice crunch time lineup possibilities here too. You could slide Miles down to the four, as I mentioned, go three wings out, have DeRozan and Norm Powell play the two and three, have Lowry, and then have Ibaka play the five. I mean, that is a pretty Pretty nice shooting heavy, uh, really athletic, and, and probably nice and switchy defense that you can throw out there. I think that's an interesting piece. Uh, sorry, an interesting tool for the Raptors to throw out. You know, it'll be in certain lineups, right? There'll be some teams that are just too big to throw a lineup like out that like that out there because Miles and Ibaka might not be the best rebounding tandem in the world. But I do think that's a nice little bit of small ball the Raptors can go to. It's probably a bit more effective than it would have been with Demari Carroll at the four because Miles is just a more reliable shooter. Last season, five point four attempts per game, he shot forty one point three percent like that is damn good i saw a stat today that he was third in the nba in in a quarter threes made that's uh that's really nice to see and uh, that's something the raptors desperately need miles is instantly like the second best three-point shooter on the team uh it's you know it's a, it's between him and serge Ibaka, i guess and i guess maybe with the positional scarcity of of threes coming from bigs maybe Ibaka is more of a valuable three-point shooter but i think cj miles is going to just answer a whole lot of questions there for the raptors that was a big problem for damari carroll last year he kind of lost his utility because i didn't think his defense was all that bad for most of the season but he kind of lost his ability to hit threes down the stretch he shot about 34 percent last season which is just not good enough I don't think he's that bad overall I think you know some slumps really sort of weighed him down uh, but I think Miles is just a much more proven and steady shooter and uh, it's going to be nice to have him alongside the Raptors core and like having him for three years too locks in a really nice 3 and D wing for you for the next few years as well like that is a nice 
piece to have in the in the fold for eight million bucks a year. That's a really nice price tag for him. You know, when you have guys like James Johnson going for fifteen million bucks a year. Eight million bucks for CJ Miles is really nice, and you know it's. I think I can't remember who tweeted it out today, but uh, someone said that you know the two best deals in free agency are a guy that left the Raptors and Patrick Patterson, and a guy that's coming to the Raptors in CJ Miles. Like eight point three million bucks, I didn't think that was going to be enough. People talked about the mid level being enough to get CJ Miles if the Raptors could get down to it, and I just didn't think that was going to be enough. I thought CJ Miles was like a twelve million dollar player at least, considering how well he shoots the three and how well he's played defense for Indiana over the last few years. Um, you know. He slid down to the four when Paul George didn't want to. That's another thing to keep in mind as well. Um, I didn't think the, the eight million bucks a year was going to be able to do it, but of course, Messiah Jury's a wizard got it done. And uh, of course, it has to wait until uh, the Otto Porter mess is kind of figured out with net, with the Nets and their cap space opens up. But this looks like it's going to happen, and I think it's a nice bit of business. Napa know how. It takes a lot to get excited about a bag, but most bags can't save you twenty percent on auto parts. That's twenty percent off headlamps, twenty percent off oil filters, twenty percent off virtually anything you can fit inside the ninety-nine cent Napa reuse bag so tell your buddies there's a bag they just have to check out quality parts helpful people that's napa know-how napa know-how at participating napa auto parts stores while supplies last minimum three items exclusions apply offer ends 10 31 17 cory joseph i'm gonna miss him um you know cory joseph was a nice player for this team for two years especially in his first season just a ridiculously good backup point guard um and then this year up and down kind of you know had his nadirs had his climaxes had his peaks but you know, there were the times where you needed Corey Joseph to play well. Most were the times where he actually played well. Like down the stretch without Kyle Lowry, his defense really took an uptick from what it was earlier in the season. He struggled mightily in the first half of the year, but coming out of the All Star break and that game against Isaiah Thomas, which I'll never forget because he locked down Isaiah Thomas for much of that game. Him and PJ Tucker both. Um, I'm going to remember Corey Joseph just having a killer defensive game against the, against the Celtics. Al Horford after the game saying it's the best job anybody's done on Isaiah Thomas all season I'm gonna miss Corey Joseph but the exit of Corey Joseph means the emergence of DeLon Wright as the full-time backup point guard on this team and I tell you what I'm really excited for that. DeLon Wright is really exciting to me. I think he was, he's even more exciting on the defensive end than he is on offense right now. Like, he doesn't have much finish around the basket, and he's not really a shooter at this point. Mostly his offense is, you know, herky-jerky drive and kick stuff and can get the ball out to the perimeter and get it swinging, which is really nice and valuable considering, considering Corey Joseph was more of a headline, drive to the basket, you know, find a layup type guy. I think DeLon Wright really kind of fits the motif that DeMar DeRozan and Kyle Lowry have sort of turned this team into, where they're very driving kick heavy. I don't think there'll be much change when DeLon Wright's in there. I think you can throw Wright in two point guard lineups as well with, with Lowry and have it work pretty well, just like it did with Corey Joseph. And at six foot five, with the crazy length he has, with the block numbers he puts up, with his steal ability, I really think DeLon Wright's going to have a nice season this year as the backup point guard. Um, it remains to be seen that the shooting becomes an issue. Um, you know, there are rumors, or I think there was a report today from Adrian Wojnarowski that he's been spending the summer with DeMar DeRozan that's uh I mean it's not it's dumb to say whether or not that will make him a bad shooter or not but like that's something to keep in mind that if you know if DeLon Wright's three-point shooting doesn't really come around he could become a a bit of a liability like a playoff scenario but I think in the regular season he's gonna be an excellent backup point guard to have on the team and his defense is gonna be great and I'm really excited about some of the lineups the Raptors can throw out there I think a lineup of like you know if you go with the two-point guard setup like we had before with Corey 
Joseph in the back in the backcourt with with Kyle Lowry off of the bench, for example. If you have like Lowry, Delon Wright, Norm Powell, throw out like Siakam and Pirtle, like that's a really fun running, you know, defense first, not much shooting, but really energetic lineup that you could possibly throw out there to be the sort of redux of the uh, Lowry and the bench mob. Um, like there's a lot of different interesting things the Raptors can do. CJ Miles opens up a lot of lineup flexibility, and uh, I, I'm really excited by what this is going to be. Uh, I mean. Again, it sucks to lose Corey. Corey, you know, made strides last year as a shooter as well, which is really valuable. Hit that crazy three-point shot in the corner against the Bucks in Game 6 to sort of, you know, avert that ridiculous, just disastrous collapse that the Raptors almost completed in that game. Um, I'm going to miss Corey Joseph, but I think overall the Raptors' roster is more balanced now, and it's just more set up for, you know, success in the Eastern Conference. I think the Raptors have kind of solidified themselves here as the number three team in the East uh, behind Boston, and I, I think there's a chance they could be as good as Boston. I'm, I'm still not sure i want to see that team play together first before i make any real judgments on the celtics but uh with cj miles it's really nice um also some salary cap notes uh the raptors are going to wave and stretch justin hamilton he had three million bucks on his year for just this final season uh so to stretch him it makes his cap hit one million bucks for the next three years which is a pretty minor hit um and it opens up a little bit of extra room this summer uh, for the raptors to potentially do some things uh, right now the raptors at about 122 million bucks in salary might be a little bit less might be a little bit more depending on the figure you look at it's somewhere in that range and if they get rid of Lucas Nogueira as well that's the next contract I'm looking for right now it's about three million bucks if you can drop Nogueira's 13 million dollar salary then you get yourself underneath the tax line and it opens up the full mid-level for you and that's uh, a nice little bit of thing nice little thing to have if the Raptors want to continue to fill out the roster probably with another wing or 3-4 type player um, some guys out there that are potentially you know who might be nice fits I mean Aaron Aflalo is still out there I'm not sure he's worth the full mid-level uh, same with Luke uh, Baamute he's out there too he'd be a nice little fit you know he's got the Masai Ujiri Africa, Africa connection as well um, you know I, I think that those are a couple guys that I kind of have my eyes on as potential fourth wings slash you know, I mean a flaw is not a big he can't play the four at all but uh Bamute definitely can and you know th- those are a couple guys that have my eye and Jonas Jurebko's out there too I think again I'm not even sure any of these guys cost the full mid-level that's the interesting part about this like there's no one really left on the market CJ Miles was kind of the biggest guy left aside from the restricted free agents out there um so I'm not sure one guy I have like my eyes, my heart set on that I know is not going to happen is Jamichael Green with the Grizzlies. Um, I feel like if the Raptors were to sign him to a mid-level offer sheet, that the Grizzlies would probably match that pretty quickly. Uh, but who knows? It's been a while. It, like it's you know you're deep in a free agency now, and there's been no news about Jamichael Green and the Grizzlies. Maybe they're just ready to move on. I don't know. Maybe they don't want him back. Um, but if they don't, that'd be a nice little bit of uh, a nice little something that the Raptors could try to capitalize on. Um, yeah, so there's lots of names out there still. It's, it, it might take some time for any of these things to come through because you got to wait for these trades to pass through and the Nets cap space to open up um, and have everything fall into place. But I think there's still some room for the Raptors to work here. Uh, without Hamilton, I think the Raptors are now 13 guys guaranteed uh, for next year. Or 13 guys paid for next year. I think one of them is a partial guarantee, and I think that's Alfonso McKinney. Um, I might be totally making that up. Um, but yeah, I think they have 13 guys right now signed up for next year for a total of about 121, 122 million bucks. And uh, apologies for the spotty math of I'm doing it on the fly here. It's just kind of hard to keep all the. Again, there's just a million different figures out there. They kind of change depending on who you're reading. 
Uh, if you want a really good breakdown, I'm sure Daniel Hackett's going to have a great breakdown coming of what it means. He broke down what it means after the Damari Kale trade, um, it, and it won't be all that much different because, as I mentioned, the, the salary swap between Joseph and Miles is pretty much neutral. Uh, so read Daniel Hackett on RaptorsHQ.com. He's a great salary cap breakdown there, and I'm sure he'll continue to do that as the Raptors make more moves. Um, but this is really good. I think the Raptors got better today. Uh, it's a better situation. Of course, for the future, it's tricky. You know, you're, you're losing a first-round pick, which probably would have been a pretty low first-round pick, but the the Raptors have really prioritized taking these guys late in the first round and developing them, and you're seeing the fruits of that now. I mean, Pascal Siakam has looked fantastic in summer league. Yaka Pertl, I think, is going to be a pretty good backup center next year. Uh, you know, as early as next year, maybe a couple more years from now, he'll be great. But uh, you know, right right now, I think he's got you know a chance to be a pretty good defensive backup center. Um, you know, you're going to have to count on guys like OG Ananobi eventually coming around this season. I think if the Raptors are still going to be pretty thin on the on the wing and thin at the three and four spots, OG is a guy who could maybe fill those minutes later. Later in the season as he gets back and healthy and up to speed. Um, maybe even Bruno this year, man. There's a chance Bruno has to play this year. Uh, if the Raptors have any injury issues or anything like that, like that's something to keep in mind. Um, Bruno, is, you know, he might be closer than a year away at this point based on how the roster set up. But again, there's lots of time for the Raptors to do something here to add somebody. Um, you know, the interesting thing about the roster now is that it is more prone to injury, I think. Like, if Kyle Lowry were to go down, you're looking at DeLon Wright and Fred Van Vliet as your only backup point guards. And, like, that's that's not amazing. Like, we don't really know what Wright is yet, right? I mean, we, we The thing with Corey Joseph is you knew exactly what Corey Joseph was. There's some sort of wild card, you know, a bit of a wild card thrown into the mix now with DeLon Wright, with you know what's going to happen at the wing spot with Norman Powell getting a bigger role like Norm even had an up and down season last year Corey Joseph well he had a not great season overall you kind of knew what he was every time he was coming in he was going to give you solid defense he was going to give you just adequate ball handling and not turn the ball over and not be stupid and just be steady it's a little bit more volatile now but I think there's also more upside with the Raptors so that excites me a lot here and uh, I'm excited to see how it all works out there's still a lot of moves to happen here I don't think the Raptors are going to be done yet they got roster spots to fill they have a trade exception sitting there which could be uh, you know that's a substantial player for 11.8 million bucks and of course the Raptors right now are sitting outside of the tax maybe they choose to pay it maybe they want to go over it who knows um, it seems like that's probably not what is in the cards at this point maybe the trade exception is something used later in the year um, but you know that's uh, you know this is all these are all nice things that we can consider going forward for the Raptors and um, yeah it, it's nice the Raptors are in a pretty good spot right now they're better than they were uh, like 24 hours ago and uh, as much as we're gonna miss Damari Carroll who was a fantastic dude I think C J Miles is gonna be a perfect fit on this team um, so I'm gonna wrap things up there uh, sorry for the spotty podcast sorry if I'm a little out of breath I'm just kind of rambling through this and uh, not really sure you know I, I, there's no structure to this I'm sorry um, I'll be back on Monday with a regular episode hopefully with uh, you know intro music and things like that that I or not intro music just the intro that you usually hear um don't have that at my disposal right now but uh thank you so much for listening we'll be back again tomorrow um again apologies if my cat math is a little bit wonky because uh I'm really bad at this stuff but I uh I, I go read Daniel Hackett again Daniel Hackett is an indispensable resource at this time of year when it comes to cap stuff I know my way around it some I feel like I can sort of you know, distill it down into a basic sort of explanation of what's going on with the cap. But for the nitty gritty, for the minutia, go to Daniel Hackett. He's great. Um, and he's a Raptors HQ fellow staffer as well. So check him out. Um, and yeah, follow me 
on Twitter at Woodley Sean. Follow the show at Locked On Raptors. Please leave a rating or a review on the iTunes page. We'd really appreciate the feedback there. Check out all the Locked On shows. There's tons of guys down in Las Vegas today, which is awesome. That's a that's a big fun time for everybody uh, to be down in Las Vegas. I'm hopefully going to do it next year. I'm, I'm bummed out I couldn't do it this year. Just couldn't make it work financially. But uh, listen to all the Locked On podcasts that are coming out of Vegas if you're interested in summer league at all. And uh, yeah, we're gonna wrap things up. Thank you so much. We'll talk to you on Monday. Have a great night, everybody. Cheers.